0: Psalm 8. Psalm 8. I'm going to read verses 3 to 9. Psalm 8, verses 3 to 9. Psalm 8, verses 3 to 9. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, all sheep and oxen yet and the beasts of the field the fowl of the air the fish of the sea and whatsoever passeth through the parts of the seas O lord our lord how excellent is thy name in all the earth amen how excellent is thy name in all the earth say how excellent is thy name in my life the excellence of his name will be felt in your life and manifested in your life in Jesus name this morning for a few minutes the topic of our discussion is what is man what is man that passage does not say who is man but it says what what is man what is man and that's very important we are going to look at some things that that passage highlights concerning what God has made us, where he has placed us, what he is doing in our lives. Because if you say, who is man? You and I have been given access to the throne of Grace through Jesus Christ. So if you have if you have Jesus, who are you? You are a child of God. But what is man? That's what I want to discuss this morning. And the first thing that we must take note of Is that the Bible makes us to understand that God is mindful of you. Tell somebody, God is mindful of me. As if you mean to say, God is mindful of me. What is the meaning of that? It means God's mind is full of his thoughts towards you. God's mind is full of his thoughts towards you. In Psalm 115 verse 12, Psalm 115 verse 12, the Bible says, the Lord had been mindful of us. He will bless us. So if God is mindful of you, he's not just mindful of you because he's idle. He's not just mindful of you because he has capacity. Oh, he, he, he has a broad shoulder. He, no, He is mindful of you because of what? What does that passage say? Thou had been mindful of us, he will do what? God is mindful of you because he will bless you. That's God is mindful of me because he will bless me. So all the thoughts that God is thinking towards you is just watching and saying, when is the best time for me to bless this, my daughter? When is the best time for me to do what? To bless this, my son. He has not forgotten you. He is mindful of you. And he will bless you in Jesus' name. I say he will bless you in Jesus' name. We all know Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you what? Unexpected end. Verse 12 says, then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will do what? I will hearken unto you. We are going to read up to verse 14, but I'm going to pause there. He said, I know the thoughts I, I mean, that I think towards you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace are not of evil to give you an expected end. In other words, number one, because God thinks of you, he has plans for you. He has plans for who? Has, this is why you should not do anything before consulting him. I was discussing with one of our pastors some days ago. This is someone I know has the Spirit of God in him. He's someone that I know God speaks to him. I have no doubt about that. And yet, once in a while, he does some things that you'll be scratching your head. Why? Has God stopped communicating with you? No. But the problem many of us have is, when God is silent, we assume that it means we should go ahead. Does that change God? Does that change his plan? Because... That's why the Bible says to everything that is a season. And a time to all things under the sun. Because God thinks of you, he has plans for you. Do not do anything before consulting him. He fashioned you. Tell somebody he fashioned me. He has your creative blueprint in his hands. He knows what you don't know. He sees what you don't see. That's why the Bible makes us understand. That when we are distressed or sick in any way, he is also distressed. But he waits for us to consult him before handling over the masterpiece to the world or to the doctor. The Bible makes us to understand in Isaiah chapter 63 verse, uh, verse 9. Isaiah 63 verse 9. It says, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. That should be comforting to someone. And the angel of his presence saves them. In his love, in his pity, he redeems them. And he bears them and carried them all the days of old. That's a very loaded passage. In all their afflictions, he was afflicted. When you are afflicted, he is afflicted. When you have a headache, who also has a headache? Somebody is not sure. When you have a headache, who also has an headache? God. When that leg is paining you, somebody else is feeling it. And who is that person? You know, that's why some people, the, ministry, the healing ministry God has given unto them, all of a sudden they will just feel, I mean that, oh, just feel a pain in their hand. It's not because there's anything wrong with their hand. It's because there's someone that is feeling that pain at that moment, that needs the touch of God. Because the Bible says, in all your affliction He's what? He's afflicted. God sends a message to that individual at that point in time. I'm healing someone that has this affliction in his hand or in his leg. It's a demonstration of what the Bible says. That's very important. The angel of his presence saved them. The angel of his presence is on errand for you and I. When you are afflicted, he is afflicted. And his angels are ready to be sent on assignment on your behalf. Because he thinks of you, because he is mindful of you, he has given us an assurance that when we pray, what will happen? What will happen? He will answer us. He will answer us. That's why that verse 12 of that Jeremiah 29 says, Then shall ye call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. He doesn't just drop from space. It's because he's mindful of you. It's because he thinks of you. It's because he's got plans for you. We all know what Jeremiah 3, verse 3 says. Call unto me. And I will answer thee, and show you great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. I'm sure many of us will agree with me that there are many things we don't know. Is that not so? In fact, there are many more things we don't know than the things that we know. Even concerning ourselves. Talk less of concerning any other person. I'm sure, I mean, the people that will easily attest to this are the, the, the fathers that are here. You will agree with me that there are many more things you don't know about your wife uh, than you know about her. So, bro Alex, be encouraged. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Jesus simplified this for us with an assurance that we only need to pray in His name. Pray in what? Pray in His name. We only need to pray in His name. In John chapter 14, verses 12 and 13, He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. You see, God started the equation by saying, call unto me. I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. And you may start asking, how do I call? But Jesus simplified it. He said, just call in whose name? In my name. When you go to that John chapter 14, verse 14, he says, if you you shall ask anything in my name, in whose name? In the name of Jesus. Brethren, that's very important. That's very important. That's one thing that sets us apart as children of God. We are children of God. We have a connection with him because of Jesus. That's why when you see somebody that is mentioning God, 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 and they have no place for Jesus, be careful. You might be talking to somebody, I mean, who are those people that I call, is it agnostics? Who is an agnostic? Sister Elizabeth, who is an agnostic? Eh? Who is an an atheist believes that there is no God, right? An agnostic doesn't believe that there is no God. They don't believe that there is is God. Are you sure? That's an atheist. (laughs) What am I trying to bring out? You will see individuals that they will be mentioning God, 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 God. Don't assume that they are Christians. And that's very important because what sets us apart as children of God is who is Jesus. He said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me." And he said, "If you ask anything in my name, I will do it." And since he made this statement, he has been doing it. And they continue to do it in John chapter 14 verses 16 and 17 he said, "I will pray the Father he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever." So the starting point of what you want to ask in his name is who is the Holy Spirit? You ask for the Holy Spirit he will give it unto you because it's not possible to live a successful Christian life the way God has designed it without the presence of and the comfort, and the guidance of the Holy Holy Spirit. Jesus went further to give us an assurance that we will do exploits in his name. That's why in that John chapter 14, where we read, he said, greater works than these shall ye do, because I go to the Father. All because we are asking in his name. And in Mark chapter 16, Mark chapter 16, verses 17 to 18, the Bible says, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues, verse 18. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. These are the signs that um, he has said will follow those that believe. In his name. So, brethren, there, is, there are many more things you can do in his name that you are currently doing. It's not enough to just pray in his name. He has called us to do what? Do exploits in his name. Tell somebody do exploits in his name. As if you mean to say, do exploits in his name. That's why Daniel said in Daniel 11.32, that the people that do know their God, this shall be what? They shall be strong and do exploits. So the reason we are not doing the exploits that God expects of us is because we don't know our God. We don't know our God. No wonder Paul the Apostle, after he had preached and he had done so many things in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, he said that I may do what, know him. He was already a pastor. He was already an evangelist. He was already an apostle. In fact, he was running towards the end of his race. And yet he declared that I may know him. That I may know the power of his resurrection. That I may know the benefit of his suffering. Being made conformable unto his death. You know, that's why once in a while when when, uh, Bible scholars... Are talking about the grace. We talk of grace, grace, grace. There's no one that speaks more of grace in the Bible than Paul the Apostle. But with all the grace, this man suffered until he died. Can you give what you don't have? Is somebody with me this morning? Can you give what you don't have? It was the man that wrote about grace in so many ways. And when we talk of grace, we are talking about the Pauline epistle, I mean, uh, letters. How did Paul die? Did he die in his house on his bed? He was killed. He was killed. What happened to the grace? The grace disappeared. Does the word of God change? No. This man in his suffering went to God and said, God, take this suffering away. What did God tell him? Uh In the midst of the suffering, God said, my grace is sufficient unto you. For my power is what? Is made manifest in what? In weakness. In weakness. When you are weak, he is strong. He is strong on your behalf. When you are weak, you can look back and say, well, Lord, I don't know how to do it. But I know that you know how to do it. I know that you will do it. I don't know where I'm going, but I know that you know where I'm going, and you will take me there. In fact, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how many of us have felt that way before. I have. I don't know what I'm doing, but you know what I'm doing, and you are taking me somewhere. Part of the problems that many of us have these days is we want to be in control of everything. Oh, this is the plan. This is the map. This is how it will go. This is how it will go. God God will help us. Some of us, that we are wired that way. And so we take a lot of things upon ourselves. And then we become worried. But once in a while, just like Jesus Christ said, he said, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, knows what? Know the days of his coming. Because they were asking him. He said, only God knows. There are many things that no one knows. But who? but the Father. If only we will trust in Him. If we will trust in Him. Why don't you start rejoicing right now? Because your prayers are answered. Amen. Tell somebody my prayers are answered. Prayers. Tell somebody your prayers are, prayers are answered. It's very important. When we seek Him, brethren, the Bible says what will happen? When we seek Him, we'll find Him. But now it depends on how we seek him. How do you seek God? We must seek him wholeheartedly. We must seek him how? With all of your heart, not half-heartedly. Remember, when we say God is mindful of you, it means God's mind is what? He's full of me. God's mind is full of you. God is mindful of you. Seek him wholeheartedly. In Isaiah 55, verse 6 to 7. Isaiah 55, verse 6 to 7. The Bible says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. There is a time to seek the Lord. There is a time that when you seek for him, you will find him. It's very important. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man is thoughts. Why? Because wickedness will make you not to find him. Unrighteousness will debar you from finding him. Remember what the Bible says about the unrighteousness? It says all unrighteousness is what? Is sin. A is sin. The hand of the Lord is not sure that it cannot save. His ears are not heavy that he cannot hear. But what has happened? Your iniquity has become a gap. Has formed a distance between you and God. Isaiah 59 verse 1. It's very important. Seeking while he may be found. At a time you are not embracing iniquity. At a time you have done away with wickedness. And if you have. It says what? Return to the Lord. For he will have mercy. God will have mercy upon you. Maybe you don't need mercy. Just point to me and say God will have mercy upon you pastor. God uh, I've been praying for you all this while. So I said you should pray for me. You are still. Uh, God will have mercy upon me. In Jesus' name. We all know Matthew chapter 7 verse 7. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. To him that knocketh it shall be opened. Because God is mindful of you. Wherever you are and you pray. Who is listening to you? It's God. It's God. It's not until you go to the mountain before he hears you. He's available. He's ready. And he will hear you today in Jesus' name. As they will hear you today in Jesus' name. You are very important to God. How many people know that? You are important to God. That's why the Bible says you are fearfully and what? Wonderfully Wonderfully made. You are not ordinary. The psalmist in thinking about this concluded that this calls for praising God. In other words, praise God because you are important to him. Praise God because you are wonderfully and fearfully made. Remember, during the prayer retreat, We said the same word used for thanksgiving is used for praise. In a number of places in the scriptures. That's very important. Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14. Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14. The Bible says, for thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. So when all the parts of your body were being formed in your mother's womb, who was there with you? God. He was there. And then look at verse 14. He says, I will praise thee. Yes, so, when you remember that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, what are you supposed to do? Praise God. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Right where? God is mindful of you. He's with you wherever you are. He sees you, not as an ordinary person, but as a son, as a daughter, that, to whom he has given dominion. We don't have much time. Maybe we'll continue next, I mean, next week. But the Bible says he has made us a little lower than the angels. It's a loaded statement. It's a loaded statement. What does God expect of you? Very simple. He expects that you be mindful of His words. So God is mindful of you, and He expects that you be mindful of what? Of His words. Second Peter chapter three verse two. Second Peter chapter three verse two. Second Peter three two that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of all the apostles, of the Lord and Savior. Be mindful of His words. If you, your thoughts, your being, His plans for you is always engaging Him, there's only one thing He wants from you. Be mindful of what? Let His word fill your heart. Let His word fill your mind. That's why the psalmist said, "Thy word have I what have I hid in my heart, that I may not sin against it." Remember, we said, seek ye the Lord, while he may be found. We said, let the wicked forsake his ways, and the righteous man his thoughts, because wickedness and unrighteousness will make you to seek the Lord and not find him. Then the psalmist said, Thy words have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. So, when you are mindful of his word, when you have, your heart is full of his words, you will have no room for iniquity. You will have no room for wickedness. You will have no room for unrighteousness. Then the passage that says, Before they call, I will do what? Will be fulfilled concerning you. Before you go on your knees and begin to ask, God already says, That's my son. That's my daughter. Your life is like the life of Enoch. The Bible says Enoch worked with God and was not. For what happened? God took him. Because you are working with him on a daily basis. You are enjoying a friendship and relationship with God. Before you call, he will answer. Before you ask, he has an answer for you. God is mindful of you. And what does he expect of you? Be mindful of his words. The Bible says, he has shown you, O man. What does the Lord expect of you? Love justice. Love righteousness. Very important. Be one that will show mercy unto others. That God may show mercy unto you. You know, thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yeah, the set time. is what? Is It's when? Now. It's now. This is the set time. As you want God to have mercy on you, have mercy on your brother. Have mercy on your sister. Have mercy on your husband. Have mercy on your wife. Have mercy on your children. When you show mercy, the mercy of God is extended unto you. And he will smile upon you. I say God will smile upon you. I want you to realize one thing. It's not the person that you are relating with that will reward you. Does that make sense? Your husband cannot reward you. True or false. Even let him buy you uh, Mario Venuti, uh, what is the, uh, bracelet. <laughs> let him buy you the best car in the world. Your wife cannot reward you. I hope you realize that. Who can reward you? It's God. And who will reward you? He's mindful of you. He's mind- there are many things your parents cannot do for you. Who can do them for you? It's God it's God you are here today in Bali in Canada many of us maybe our parents are in Africa maybe our parents are gone to God be the glory my mom I don't remember her ever stepping on any airport she's there in Nigeria enjoying herself here I am but God has seen a number of things that happened in the past and there is a season of reward Amen. and i want to pray for someone listening to me today you will not miss your reward Amen. i said you will not miss your reward Amen. god is mindful of you but god cannot inhabit a filthy vessel the bible says thou art holy order that inhabitest the place of israel